I've worked in marketing and advertising agencies my whole life and I've been privy to boardroom meetings at the tail end when they communicate specifically to us what they want the advertisement to do, um, who they want to target, how, and they're quite open about it. They're quite open about the demographics they want to reach. They're quite open about how they want the ads to affect people, how they want them to feel, what they want them to do. Disney didn't purchase Star Wars for billions of dollars to continue to create great Star Wars movies in the hopes that they would turn out good, like George Lucas did. No, they purchased Star Wars because there's already a built-in audience that loves Star Wars. So they know that if they press certain buttons with Star Wars fans, they, those fans will predictably react a certain way. When you insult their intelligence, when you wipe your backside with what they cherish and love, people will defend what they care about. And so this is the point. They create bad movies. They intentionally throw political correctness into movies because they know it irritates us because we'll come out later on and create blogs and response videos and flood the comment section with hashtags of how we're outraged. Meanwhile, writing hashtag Star Wars or hashtag whatever it is and the internet search bots and marketing bots will find those comment sections in those videos and that's where I'll place ads. They can target where they'll place advertising and where they'll make revenue now because it's much more predictable. Don't forget the very substantial correlation between the advent of social media now and how they're making movies and how we're subjected to media. By that I mean prior to social media we didn't have irritating politically correct movies because there wasn't the social media platform to exploit getting money from us. Think about that. Before social media, you had to make a product, a movie, uh, music, so forth. You couldn't, you couldn't game the system. You couldn't market the system to get people's eyeballs and attention to where you wanted them to go. You previously couldn't zero in on where the discussions were happening in the world like you can now online. In that same way, marketing companies and media companies can make your eyeballs and attention go to where they want, where they irritate you with your movies. They put political correctness and girl power movies to sort of really almost insult our intelligence and we go online and we create their platforms. They don't have to create those platforms anymore. We create the response videos, we create the blogs, we create the, the comment sections that we care about like Star Wars and Ocean's Eleven and whatever. They'll buy these big franchises like Star Wars. They will intentionally insert politics that'll serve a number of causes. They'll, they'll serve the, the political cause down the line and as an um, umbrella effect. But in the immediate short term, they will annoy us and fragment us so we go online and we argue with each other. When we argue with each other, we put hashtags on there. We'll um, put certain titles and words that the bots will zero in on and that's where they'll put their advertising on. In short, they annoy us intentionally and politically in movies and our media and entertainment so they know where we'll be later so they can place ads more accurately so they don't waste their money on spreading their ads everywhere and then crossing their fingers and you know putting up with a loss of 80% of 
uh, ad advertising and marketing revenue where it really isn't effective and they hope that 20% will find its mark. Now they can, they can predict where 80% will really find its mark and 20% will be a loss. It's a smarter business decision in terms of marketing and advertising revenue where they'll place their dollars because it's much more predictable. You can't predict what a good movie is going to be. Uh, even why have so many great actors made bad movies? Because on the outset, you can have all your ducks in a row. You can have a great director, great screenwriters, great story, great actors envisaging how they're going to play this role. But in the end, it turns out that it doesn't resonate, connect. It's not a good movie. A lot of red tape before it gets to the screen, um, and it's not a great movie. And these directors and actors, they wouldn't put their reputations and creative lives on the line. If they knew it wasn't going to work, it should have worked and didn't. So because the success of something creative is so unpredictable, it's much more predictable to take something you know will work, like a franchise, like a Marvel movie, or a Star Wars movie, or, or, or a, a superhero franchise that's already got a built-in audience over decades. It's proven the storyline. People love the characters. Make a movie like that. It might be successful, but really that's the secondary aspect. You want people to talk about it later on, to make a buzz about it, so then where they advertise, uh, in effect, they know where your eyeballs and attention will be later. Companies make bad $20 million movies, so they make $100 million in ad and product revenue afterwards. Understand this. In this age of social media, where our attention is the currency, where our eyeballs and ears will be, creating an, irrit an intentionally irritating movie where the fans will predictably, not like previously where you, didn't, you couldn't predict if a movie would be successful or not, Will it make money? Will it resonate? Will people care? Will people buy the DVDs or whatever? It's too unpredictable. Shareholders don't like that. Buy a franchise that's already done the hard work of creating an audience. Make a bad $20 million movie. So you make $100 or $200 million in advertising revenue later on from those fans because they're irritated but you can zero in on where you can advertise for instance with star wars fans they will not only you can not only put star wars advertising on there you can put tech advertising you can put comic book advertising on there that demographic you know what they're like so the targeting of your marketing for where you know eyeballs will be later is much much smarter than crossing your fingers on the more, I'd say, honest endeavor of creating something that's really good and the results will speak for themselves. Now, there's a nefarious way where they create our media, make us believing that it's one thing. So we go to places they want us to go, in effect, pushing our buttons as human beings because they know our psychology. And then later on, they know where we'll be. Shareholders love it. It's much more predictable than their previous model before social media. So that's my theory. They intentionally ruin our movies on the front end, so they know where we'll be on the back end, and that's where they exploit us. Irritate us on the front end and exploit us on the back end because we'll predictably be there. And don't forget the psychological mechanism in this also, gentlemen. Whether it's a thing we love, 
a hobby, a pastime, a calling, or actual people we love. When they change or drift away, they no longer exist anymore. They're no longer the same. When they're, when they're going away from us, we defend to keep them. And we defend to keep them because they were a safe space where we could be vulnerable. So it makes sense when, they, when media pokes and prods us in those vulnerable areas, they're poking and prodding our fear of abandonment. And that's why we go online to defend these things we love. We don't want to be abandoned by them as they're intentionally changing them. Think about how effective and potent negativity is in the workplace. When you do something right, it's just expected, it's um, normal, it's boring, it's, um, it's pedestrian, it's almost invisible. But you do something wrong in the workplace, your boss will notice, other people notice, people get irritated. You get noticed when you do something bad, when you do something good, it's invisible. And media realizes this human characteristic. It's why when people are content, calm, when everything works, people don't do very much when they're content and everything is running well. Often they're not productive at all, but annoy people, aggravate them, make them fearful, make them defend the things they love, whether it's their family, friends, or, or ideals. Then suddenly it's pretty predictable how alive and productive and animated people will be. It's predictable where people will show up and the attention that um, they'll give whatever they're trying to defend. We're being conditioned in media by aggravation because it adrenalizes us into this kind of low level survival state. We feel more alive and alert for all the wrong reasons, uh, but we have a will to stand up for something and that makes us feel good to fight. Unfortunately, today's chaos and negativity uh, works really well, too well. They're running us on reactionary emotion. It's why they prefer women's voices in the media and TV conditioning us. We react immediately to women's concerns. Women are generally more insecure and fearful. All in all, it helps keep us where they want us. Let me know your thoughts about this. Um, I think it's an interesting theory that I don't, I haven't heard anyone talk about. Maybe it's because of our egos. Maybe it's something we don't want to look at. But I really think this is at the core of why they continually keep poking and prodding us with bad movies and entertainment that we continually can't shut up about. There is a reason. Let me know your thoughts below. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Feel free to support me. Links below this content and in my about section. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, Disney didn't purchase Star Wars for billions of dollars. <laughs>